This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try and unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that's profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners, and here is my fabulous co-host, Greg, from Studio One Design. Hey, Alan. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm awesome. Awesome. We've got a killer topic today. What is it? Well, it's um, yeah, it's how expert speakers use design. And the reason we're talking about this is because we both attended an event recently with, where there were you know many speakers on stage. And mate, one of the recurring themes that one of the that we noticed anyway was uh, how important design is with all of their businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, normally at this point in the podcast, we would ask each other, you know, what's going on this week. But the reality is, we were both at the same place, which was just. I mean, apart from it was awesome to catch up with you, Greg. So for the listener, we live in two different states, which is what, a two-hour flight away from each other or a 12-hour drive? Hour and a half, yeah. Yep. Oh, hour and a half flight. Yeah, you spend more time on the tarmac than you do in the air, don't you? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. So, yeah, to get to spend a few days together was awesome. And the event was absolutely fantastic. Now, the event was made up of um, a variety of speakers and and greg and i were invited to an exclusive day the day before the main event where we got to actually hang out with the the speakers and we did some round the table workshops and and chatted out you know business problems that that we're all having and we got to tap into this just phenomenal pool of knowledge yeah it's incredible isn't it so we've got to uh, give a shout out to james shramko he ran the event which is super fast business live and he held it in manly which i thought was a a really good idea from the point of view that you know he lives and breathes that sort of manly surf lifestyle and you know he holds it there so that people can get a taste of you know if you have an internet business um, how you can also have an awesome lifestyle yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the people that attend his event are just, they're really, really high level. So apart from just the speakers, you know, James does a really good job of um, making sure everybody sticks around the event. So he puts on, you know, morning tea, afternoon tea, lunch, drinks in the evening. And it's just a great time to catch up with your peers, you know, and, and see what everybody's doing out there in the world. So, um, I mean, there's definitely multiple benefits, I think, that we both uh, got out of, of the event. Greg, what do you think your top takeaway from those few days were? Sure, man. So, I mean, there are quite a few, but yeah. So, you know, obviously, the like you said, we had a mastermind day um, before the event, which was super valuable for me. Um, one of the biggest things I get from going to events is the networking with the other the other you know people there that attend, but also the speakers as well. We got to network with the speakers. You know, with a mastermind situation, we all you know sat around a table and we got all put in the, the hot seat one at a time um, and really drilled down into the problems of your business and you know come up with a solution as a group to really help with the the problem. So yeah, I found that most beneficial. Oh look, the, the networking was great. I think sometimes too with the mastermind, you become so intimate with what you're doing in your business, you can't see the obvious, you know, to to have a a group of, you know, fantastic uh, business minds in one room and you, you know, you you, look, you have to have, I think, a level of confidence in yourself to be able to stand up and say, well, this is where I think I'm lacking, you know, Mm. so you're really putting yourself out there 
and exposing yourself as, as a business person. Yeah, it's a great point. And that's uh, one of the reasons why, um, you know, I, I like to attend events because if I went back, say, two years ago, you know, I would have been, um, you know, probably too timid to even hop on a podcast and be interviewed thinking, you know, my stuff, things, you know, my knowledge is not uh, relevant to many people, but it turns out it is and, and they quite like what I've got to say. So, um, yeah, it's it's a confidence booster attending events and working on your yourself and personal growth is a big part of running a business. Yeah, and, and look, I think for both you and I at this event in particular, um, we're not only networking with our peers, but we've got both got clients in in this event. Both you know web yeah. work that you do um, and wholesale work that I do, and it's almost like because you're meeting in that environment, it's not the usual uh, business dialogue that you're having. You get some really great feedback. I know that you know people. I heard people raving about both your work and my work to their peers. You know, yeah, people were saying they were struggling with design, and it's like, oh well, depending on what you need, you got to talk to to these guys. You know, so mm. I think it is it is nice to get that feedback without the usual business barriers. Yeah, you know, I even discovered a, a, pro, a fundamental problem with our website. You know, somebody said, oh look, I was referring somebody to you. We're on the website together, and it didn't work. So yeah, get get out of out of the office, <laughs> get to events is is cool. Why don't we maybe highlight a couple of the people that were there, uh, some of the speakers, and, and you know one of the things that was a common theme across all the speakers this year. I mean, I mean you and I have attended this event multiple times. Was design. You know, often each specialist talks about their particular specialty, whether it be, you know, copywriting and the focus on copy or, um, you know, if you're a speaker, how to make the most out of your, your speaking engagements. If you're a, if you work in automation or AdWords, you know, they're all very, very focused on their specialty. But the one thing that I noticed was just this tie-in that everybody said, look, my specialty is great, but you have to have a focus on design. Mm, yeah, yeah, fully. It was um, incredible. And the, most of these speakers, um, yeah, it's all about, you know, I guess the events about internet marketing and how to grow your business. So yeah, it wasn't wasn't really related to design, but there was definitely that recurring theme through most of the speakers that design was so important. So yeah, let's launch into, um, say, the first one, uh, Dan Norris uh, from WP Curve. You know, he's uh, in the super fast business community and, you know, he's sort of grown throughout uh, the last few years and now He's tried various website ideas, etc., and now he's got an absolute kick-ass business. Um, but he put such a huge importance on design all throughout his hour-long speech, saying that you really need to invest in good design. And he paid a you know really decent price recently for um, just a homepage and a logo for his um, you know his his website WP Curve. And the reason that he did that, and he said it was absolutely crucial, is because he has a lot of competition hot on his tail, and he really needed to differentiate himself and put him above his competition what blew me away was that you know dan has like many entrepreneurs tried so many things he again you know got up in front of a couple hundred people and really exposed himself i mean he actually put the numbers of his earnings up on the screen and said this is how bad it got and then he basically just took a step back and he asked himself a really really simple question you know he said what does every successful startup have in common? And he listed that out, you know, mm. and the, the couple of things that 
that that were standouts for him were you know the simplicity of the offer, right? A, you know, a nice, strong, simple business name, um, not not overly complex, and design. He said, you know, when you look at some of the world's biggest and best startups, and he cited a number of case studies, they all had fabulous logos fabulous design through everything that they do you know mm. so um yeah have a look at, at wp curve where it is today and you know if you get to see i mean dan norris does do a lot of the podcast rounds and he ha- he's going to be coming on as a guest for us so um look forward to that episode and check him out and, and you'll probably see some interesting interesting things that um that he has to say about design now the next one uh taki moore now I want to bring up something that he didn't bring up on stage. Yeah. If that's okay. Because, again, you know, we got to have dinner with him one night and, and, and chatted to him multiple times. And Taki runs a fabulous business. And we were talking about uh, packaging, right? So he sends – this is post-sale. This is after per- the person's handed over the money. He sends them a beautifully designed box with a number of items in the box. And I asked him a simple question. I said, look, you know, why do you put such a huge focus on design, right? Now, I can't quote him exactly because I don't want to get an explicit rating for our podcast, but he basically said, I don't want somebody to think that I'm explicit because my design is bad. You know, he said, I don't want somebody to misinterpret my business. He doesn't want somebody to think that his quality is poor, uh, his product is poor quality because of the design of his business and every element that he does, you know. So really think about that, you know. Does your design really shine, I I guess, you know, at at every point before the sale and after sale? A lot of people put huge amounts of effort into designing their sales material, you know, their website and their their collateral. But what about after the sale? What about everything else that you do? And it's that experience that you create when you send them something after the sale that they don't expect that uh, just really increases your um, likability, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, I hate to use Apple as a, as a case study because, you know, it always comes up in the design circles. But it's, I mean, what Target Moore does is very much like what Apple does. The packaging of an Apple product is gorgeous. It's unbelievably designed and it's an experience to unpack it yet you never see the packaging in the Apple store. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you go in and you make your purchase decision, you're seeing the product, you're seeing the benefits of the product, you actually don't get handed it until and see it in its packaging until after you've handed your money over, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just following on uh, that, that experience. Yep. All right, who, who do you want to talk about next? One thing with, with Buck um, Rizvi, you know, he's got an eight-figure per annum business, um, that he mentioned about design was just being absolutely consistent at every touch point. So you have congruency across all of your design so that, you know, people, um, you know, start recognizing your brand, um, you know, when they're like, you might be running remarketing ads, etc., um, through Facebook or Google or whatever the case is. And just every touch point needs to be consistent so that it just starts helping with brand recognition. Yeah, absolutely. So he's talking about everywhere from your Facebook posts to your printed material to your packaging to your website. Everything has that consistency throughout. Yeah, exactly. Because he makes 
products and yeah the packaging as well spot on yeah yeah absolutely you, you know one that i found really interesting is is mike rhodes and and i mean mike rhodes is geez we're dropping some names today aren't we <laughs> <laughs> mike rhodes is is one of the world leaders in um google adwords he often gets to see things that google are going to release well before the rest of the world get to see it and you know over the years i've really had a lot of respect for mike with his approach to design and split testing. Um, and I found really interesting, there's been a bit of a shift in his in his thinking towards display ads. Um, you know, most companies who do display advertising or banner advertising will design one set of banners. They'll make mm. a bunch of assumptions and then they'll wonder why they're not getting a great result. Or even if they do get a good result, they don't know if they're getting the best result. And Mike Rhodes has always been a, um, an advocate for split testing. So you take a design and then you roll it out with different headlines, different core, uh, sorry, different main image or different call to action and testing those elements of the design. Yeah. Um, and what he was saying this year was, you know, just go out there and make in one size, you know, your most common size, make five or ten completely different designs. Mm, right and put them out there and then funnel down to the winner and then do your your incremental split testing so go really really broad with your design when you're banner advertising and did he give a an example of the range of designs like from photos to illustration to you know um... you know what this year he didn't but he was really trying to allude to the fact that they've got to be you know completely different like a, a pattern interrupt something that is totally random yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's you obviously try, got to try and keep some consistency. So you've got to think about where are they landing. So if you are doing something that's way out from your branding, uh, and interestingly enough, we're doing something like this at the moment for Pixel Partners ourselves, right? right. So um, we are doing some display ads targeted on a particular website, and the particular website is photography-based, right? So there's already a lot of advertising there that is photography-centric, Right, so in our ads, we have some ads that are miles away from our branding. There's a very subtle amount of our branding on it, but they're designed specifically to see if, by going with a completely different color scheme, text based, illustration based, will we stand out? Nice on on that site, rather than you know just bleeding into everything else that that's going on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and then oh, one of your favorites was was Nat. That was cool. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic the way he um, talked about design. I mean, they are essentially a a video um, production company. But what he does, which I thought was interesting, is he, while he's on the shoot, he'll take still photos of backgrounds of, you know, just elements and and things that are relevant to the, the topic. And he doesn't ask the client if, um, you know, if he should do that. He just does that in the hope that he can... Um, not even hope, just as, as an added bonus for the client so that they can use it um, and repurpose those images throughout, you know, other touch points, other, you know, media campaigns. Yeah, look, I think the word he used was um, snacking. snacking. Yeah. And I love it. I love yeah. it. So what he's basically said is, okay, you know, generally when you design something or you video something or you photo, you go in with a purpose and you design that item or you film that item or you photograph that item. And what he's saying is go in for a day with your core list of what you need to do, but then grab a heap of stuff, a library of stuff, and you know build it up so that that 
content, that day is worthwhile. And like you say, you can use it, repurpose it, splice it together differently, use it in different mm. aspect ratios. I mean, they have a they have a checklist. So when they go and shoot things, they actually think about things like display advertising, that they're shooting photos for all the different aspect ratios, which I know from my yeah. point of view in design is always really hard because clients come to us and say, we want to use this photo, but it just doesn't work in every banner. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, so that's really clever. Yeah, I just abs- and then, and then the consistency. So you know they've taken these photos. They've also got this video. So their YouTube advertising ties in with what they're doing in their display advertising, which ties in with what they're doing on Facebook and other social media. So it's just you know, as it from a designer and a business owner's point of view, think about building your snacks. You know, thanks Nat for for a new term. I hope that becomes yeah. something that goes global and everybody talks about. But you know, build your folder of snacks that you can use and reuse in different shapes and size i mean you can take one image and combine it with another snack whether it be you know a graphic or something like that and and repurpose it and reuse it yeah absolutely great advice i love it um keith krantz as well from um dominate web media um he was talking about congruency once again in design so just making sure every touch point is the same and they run a lot of um you know facebook ad campaigns for clients and um yeah you know even if it's just down to having a logo in the corner of an ad even if it's a random image just uh, making sure every touch point has your branding on it um, just for congruency across everything you know i found really interesting he was talking about some of the facebook videos that they were that they were doing and you know we always talk about designing with a purpose and the examples he gave were absolutely you know it hit the nail on the head because i gotta say they looked crap Right, and I mean yeah. that in the nice way because that's exactly the way he meant them to look. Sure. Right, because he's he's marketing on Facebook now. Obviously, when they go to the next step, the sales page looks fabulous, right? But you know, one example he gave was you know of a lady who was doing a face to camera video with her webcam, and you know she was too low in the in the frame. There was a lot of vacant space, but you know what? On Facebook, that's what it's all about. Being you real. Know, being real. You know, mm. and it was done deliberately. I mean, he's got the budget to make a fabulous, high, um, high quality video with awesome design. But the strategic decision was made to make that video in that format to look like that. So remember, design with purpose. It's not always about looking pretty. It's about getting the result. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. How about um, how about Kevin Rogers? Isn't I missed. Is, I missed that. Oh, one. you missed. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you get to see the video, and, and for those listeners who are out there, um, if you get to see Kevin Rogers speaking, uh, the guy is phenomenal. He is a copywriter. From um, copy, copychief.com. From copychief.com, but he was also a stand-up comic for a long time, and he, <laughs> he's a very funny guy. Um, he was talking about, obviously, you know, his specialty is copy. All right, so he was trying to give the audience as much as they could take in in that short period of time. But he wanted to use, he, he illustrated how to support your copy, right? Which is by using illustrations, right? Okay. So um, he gave an example of a very, very cheesy YouTube video. Um, but the guy who was. Speaking on the video, the copy was great, so the, the script that was written was great, um, and they were basically saying that if you put 
um, plasters or band-aids on the inside of your snow goggles. Your snow goggles won't won't fog up. And then they cut to what looked like a very scientific diagram of, of you know, something you might have seen in chemistry class. Yeah. Um, and then they cut back and it was completely bogus. Wow. But extremely credible. Be- just simply, you know, if they hadn't cut to that screen, most of us were drifting off going, oh, this is rubbish. Then the screen came up and, and the whole audience re-engaged with it. Ah. He then moved on to an example of a written piece of copy, which he used to, to illustrate um, the point. And he brought up a diagram of the brain explaining why this fundamentally works. Yeah. Right? And he had a whole bunch of people. It was, again, it was completely bogus. Right? <laughs> But his point was that all of a sudden, everything he was he had written up on his slides had credibility. Had credibility yeah. purely because it had a custom illustration associated with the copy, right? Got and it. you know, people were actually coming up to him and saying, "Was that thing about the brain for real?" And he was like, "No, <laughs> you know, I was trying to prove a point." <laughs> now we don't suggest you make up a bogus illustration, but support your design, support your copy with something relevant. You know, he was trying to say, you know, prove your credibility by explaining it properly. So not just talking about it, not just writing it, but have a graphical representation of what you're trying to say if possible. Yeah, yeah. We've done a lot of uh, design for Kevin and his clients for just for sales page designs, you know, written by copywriters. And, you know, a copywriter, uh, they can write an amazing sales page letter and some of them convert well, but they do convert a lot better if they have supporting images for each section. So I guess that's similar to what his, you know, what his point was on stage. But you have to be really careful as a designer to respect the copy and not chop it up into bits that you see fit. You really have to read through it and make sure your imagery complements it and doesn't take away from the copy. I mean, it needs to support it. I mean, our job as a designer is to support the core message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and not overpower. Although people's eyes will be drawn to the imagery, um, but it's really just to help them, you know, have a bit of interest in the page rather than just being text throughout can get a little monotonous. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I just thought, you know, he just illustrated. I mean, it's just his nature when he gets up on stage. Yeah. But but he illustrated it so well that you know, using design and using a custom illustration um, is just unbelievably powerful. You know, I love it. Yep. Look, there's one I forgot to mention about Taki Moore, right? And and for those listeners who have heard of Taki Moore or have ever experienced, and I do say experienced Taki live, he's just, would you say he's a machine? He's high, high energy. Extremely like, high energy. The, he's usually placed after lunch or at the end of the day to rev people up. <laughs> yeah, on a live event, it's very strategic, isn't it? You know, that, yeah. that time when you're starting to doze off in the day, they, they yeah. get him up there. But, you know... One thing Taki Moore is a massive fan on is frameworks. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. you know, he explained the importance of those frameworks. And I know for a fact that, you know, he put that presentation together, you know, like I think it was either that morning or the afternoon before. That morning, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's not like he spent two weeks putting it together. Now, he does know his, his stuff, right? But he basically said, you know, if you've got to do anything more than once – i.e. twice, you should have a framework for it. 
you know, and I think that applies in design. I mean, he illustrated it across a bunch of different things. You know, he basically put it out to the audience and said, look, I'm going to try and give you as many frameworks in the shortest period of time I can. Give me a list of things you want frameworks for. And he just pulled it out and started writing them up. And it was just mind-blowing because... It was amazing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just knows these frameworks. They've become the norm for him in everything he does. And that's why he's just so prolific because... He has a framework for just about anything he's got to do more than once. And it just means he can get it out unbelievably quickly. So how would you use a framework for a design? Well, I I think, you know, you should come... If you're going to deal with your own business's design more than once, right, which is inevitable for every business owner, then you've got to work out what those key elements are that you need in it and build out that framework, you know. So, you know... What, what are the important six things or nine things that have to be in every design? And make sure you put a tick next to each one, you know. So you can maybe, check it off when it's done. Yeah, or maybe even build out like a grid of, of things that potentially should be in there. So he did a um, – he basically talked about write, repurposing content, right? So he had his – what did he call it? Content twister. Twister, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's got this grid and down – yeah, so you take your piece of content and you you look at four common problems that your audience may have, and then you have um, I think it was seven different types of content that you can create, yep. and then you basically go across and you pick thirteen. You know, so that's his framework. He could do a lot more than thirteen, but you know that would give him a really nice set from one core piece of content. He can then repurpose it into all different things from, you know, how-tos to, you know, a a blog post and and a variety of other things. I think you'll actually find that one of the attendees actually launched contenttwister.com. Okay. I'm actually trying to get it up. That was Tom. I don't know if you know Tom there, Greg, but he actually put Content Twister. He bought Content Twister at the event. He's trying to get an app built so that it does it for you. You know, you put in all your details and it just spits out what you want it to, to what what the content potentially is. So. Fantastic. That could be a million idea, a dollar idea right there. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. All credit to Taki. He's not taking away from Taki, but he just wanted to share it with the world. And, and you know, overall, the event was fabulously designed. I mean, there were these awesome hoodies. <laughs> um, do you know who did those? No, I don't actually. We didn't do them. Oh, uh, <laughs> we do t-shirt prints, but he uh, he didn't run them this year. Uh, now, last year you did the t-shirts, didn't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We did a new t-shirt this week. Uh, sorry, this year, but he uh, decided to go with the hoodie instead, which is fair enough. Uh, but yeah, you guys did all of the um, all the stationery, all of the. Uh, well, you tell me, what did you yeah, do we exactly? Did, we did notebooks for him. Notebooks, yeah. And worksheets. So, nice, yeah. you know, it's just about having that, that, you know, people are paid for this event. It's making them feel like they've come somewhere fabulous. And, and those notebooks, you could see people just holding on to because their notes were, were going into, into those. And they were beautifully designed. Yeah, and, and great, uh, great size. And, you know, you've got the silver uh, foil on the front. Really classy. Yeah, very nice. But even the slide decks. What do you, I mean, I know that um, James actually... Uh, critiques the slide decks before the speaker's allowed to present them. Yeah, if they have too much copy, he'll get them to remove it all so that people don't um, get distracted. They should be looking at the speaker. So the slide decks are really most effective if they're just uh, images and, and nice designs as opposed to heaps of text everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and the designs were all phenomenal. 
Yeah, I thought they were good. I like everyone's got their own unique style too, which is once again on brand for for their brand overall. Like Taki has a certain look, etc. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, you certainly got because of the simplicity of the slides, it made you focus on the speaker. You know, quite often it's just so easy to go to an event and there's so much like you said, there's so much info up on the slide. You're mm. trying to digest that and your brain's not connected with the speaker. Yeah, and I think James Ramco probably had the best deck of slides. Um, he had every one of his slides um, illustrated, you know, which I thought was so much effort. And, uh, yeah, it was just amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And he did, a again, you know, talking about having a framework. I mean, James and Taki have a podcast together, you know, and, and they were, they're, they're, again, they're prolific. They just they have a framework, it takes them... 10 minutes to prepare, it's recorded, and then it goes live. You know, his team, their team takes care of it. But James prepared the last slides of the day, which was, you know, the, the takeaways and the highlights of the entire event. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you know, it would have been done less than an hour before he presented because... He had a framework. He had a framework to build it out, and it made life very, very easy. And I, and I think if you're a designer, why not have a framework for your core products that you're designing regularly. If you're a business owner, you know, have a framework for what your expectations are out of every design. I mean, it just makes life really, really easy. It does indeed, man. Well, yeah, I think, look, that's probably all we got, um, you know, all we've written down anyway, unless there's more <laughs> points you wanted to discuss. No, look, I just think for our listener actions this week, you know, get out to events with, with your peers, it can, be, uh, it can be exhausting, you know, they're long days and you're talking to a lot of people. But, um, you know, if you can get up on stage, it gives you a lot of credibility. Now, you did that today. Well, I did, yeah. I, look, I actually went to an event and one of the speakers had pulled out. So, you know, I got up there and, and we were talking about, you know, the common mistakes people are making in, in design. Um, I mean, the, the audience that I was speaking to are probably more your customers than mine because I do wholesale work. Yeah. But you know what? This I'm I'm happy to share that that information with them, and if it helps them, fabulous. You know, and if they want help with it, they can come to me, and I will refer them to one of our our designers that that use us as a back end service because we, nice. we know their work, we trust them, so we're happy to to refer that that work out. But yeah, again, I've I've got like a little mini framework for when I have to speak ad hoc. It doesn't, uh-huh. it doesn't happen very often, but I, I'm a little like Taki. I don't like spending a lot of time preparing, preparing slides yeah. and writing my talk. I, I'd prefer, and you know from when we do the, the podcasts, you know, I just bullet out my main points and, yeah. and that's it. We're off and racing. So. Yeah. So that's good. How long did you speak for? How uh, was, was it received? No, look, it was 15 minutes and it was great. Everyone was blown away. So, well done. That's excellent. You know, I got a lot of great feedback, a lot of people coming and asking questions afterwards. And I, and I, and I did what I wanted to do, which was plant the seed. You know, yeah, and, yep. and, in, and spur people to take action. So. Well done, man. That's excellent. So, yeah, I mean, look, for me, just attending the event, um, you know, we got three um, guest speakers lined up to be on this podcast. So that wouldn't have happened if we didn't attend the event. Um, and those speakers were the speakers on stage. So, you know, it's going to be high quality content that we'll deliver. Um, but also, yeah, I got a, about five or six, um, you know, new prospects. Um, clients um, that have scheduled some calls with me so it's absolutely gold and, and an absolute must for everybody to attend events yeah definitely you know and, and not all events um 
are equal. You know, I kind of like these intimate events where there's, you know, one to 200 people. Well, I call, yeah. that, I call that intimate, you know, because there are some events. I mean, I know that with Pixel Partners, we're doing some of the larger trade shows in places like New York and Las Vegas. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they draw thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. So uh, that can be a bit uh, daunting and a yeah. little harder to, to, to network with everybody. But then they're probably not targeted um, a targeted audience. So if you look at the quality of, you know, this event that we went to, everybody there was paying good money to be there. So they were, um, you know, they were quality people that had, had established businesses and, um, you know, they were really going to benefit from what the speakers had to say. And it was a no-pitch event too, which I found awesome. Yeah, it's always nice. There's nothing yeah. worse than sitting down, expecting to get some great content from a great speaker and all they do is push their product or their service. Exactly. On yeah, cool. Yeah, so everyone go out, find out where your local um, events are and, you know, whether it be a small networking breakfast, a local design meetup, or, you know, a more formal two- or three-day conference, get to them. You got it, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, listener. And uh, please go to iTunes and uh, leave us a five-star review if you think we're awesome. Definitely. And head over to the website and uh, sign up so that we can flick you an email to let you know when a new episode is live. You got it. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode, listener. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Ciao. See you, Greg. See you, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.